0: Hello, and welcome to a very special episode 140 of The Winning Agenda. My name's Jesse Marshall, and joining me tonight, as always, is my lovable bi sidekick, Wilfred E. Oh my god, he's staring at me. Wilfred E. Horrig. How are you, Wilfie? You
1: know, recording in real life really does uh, <laughs> add an extra dimension. Yes. It does. does, not
0: and our special guest today is Michael Boggs, the lead designer of Android Netrunner. Welcome Michael. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Uh, so we've caught you here on the, what is it, the first or second day of Worlds 2017, uh, amongst <clears> the buzz <throat> of a whole lot of players playing, uh, what are they, Legend of the Five Rings today. How are you feeling about the, the Worlds hype?
2: I, I think it's great. It, there, it seems to be super positive, uh, everyone seems to be having a lot of fun. So mm. the. Uh, the Game Center is packed right now and I expect it to be more packed as we go forward. So. And yeah,
1: especially since Legend of the Five Rings is making its debut this year. Yeah. A yeah. very popular game that's been around for quite a while. How do you feel that that is has translated into the experience of Worlds?
2: Uh, I think it actually, it's kind of interesting to see this brand new thing and how excited everyone is for it. Um, I think it's... Uh, it's cool to see that there are already like these these faction alliances and everything. It, it just shows how well our games sort of become their own thing and create communities based around them and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it's an exciting thing to witness.
0: And this year, uh, Android Netrunner will have a little bit more space, I suppose, with the division of worlds between the Star Wars games in May and the the other games in November. Uh, are you excited to see what that creates as well for Netrunner?
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I think that'll definitely be interesting. I know this you know, previous year we had uh, the Star Wars worlds, and that was equally busy, uh, it was pretty massive, so it's, it's. Um, I think it's nice to have that separation but it also gives people plenty of time to focus on whatever they want to focus on. So. Mm.
0: And uh, cutting forward I guess a little bit to the, the Netrunner Worlds tournament which is happening on Saturday, so in about three or four days time from now, mm-hmm. uh, we've got a couple of tournaments to come, we've got King of Servers and then the Icebreaker to get a bit of a better idea about what the metagame is going to look like. But well, Oh yes, as well as the Cache Refresh tournament too. So, uh, But however, from where you're sort of standing at the moment, uh, what are your thoughts on, on the meta game and how the steps that you've taken, such as the revision of the most wanted list to being the removed and restricted list, how are you feeling about how they've impacted on the meta game that you're seeing? From what I have
2: seen and from what I've heard, it, there's a lot of diversity within the meta. Um, I definitely think there are a few factions and that are stronger than others, but that always happens. Um, but the gap that has been there in the past, you know, in situations where something like Wizard or C T M, uh, when they were dominant, I don't think that gap is as big uh, now in, in this uh, in this current meta, which is great to see. I think having diversity within the meta is exciting for everyone. It's exciting for me. Um, it's exciting for players because they get to usually play what they want to play. They can be competitive with it. So. Um, yeah, I've been extremely happy with how the, the Removed and Restricted list has worked and um, I'm, I'm looking forward to just seeing how it shapes things in the future.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the things that we wanted to ask you for of course is your predictions for world. So we, sure. We'll get into that in a moment, uh, but before we get into of so the players and the factions and the cards that you think are going to do well, uh, we wanted to run over the Removed and Restricted list in a little bit more detail because it was uh, a really big change for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, And I guess looking over the list of cards, which on this podcast, and I'm sure people are now, by now, very well aware of which cards are on there. We've gone through it in detail. But having a look at the list, is there anything that you're, or which cards are you really happy about? Which cards do you sort of think, we really put that in the right place?
2: Um, As far as, I'll start with the remove list first. I think everything on there needed to be on there. Uh, the one that I that took me a little while to decide with was Aaron Marone, but I think ultimately that was a good decision. Um, some of my playtesters helped me with that one, and I, and I think that was definitely the right direction to go. Um, as far as the restricted list is concerned, um, that one was a little harder to put together, and there are still some cards on there that I'm... Not 100% sure. Beyond, I know there's been a lot of negativity uh, around Magnum Opus being on. I know a lot of people feel like that's a pretty standard economic package, uh, which I tend to agree with, but the situations that are arising currently in the Meadow where Shaper can remote camp, um, I think that uh, Magnum Opus is just one of those cards that, for the time being, it needs to be on. I see later it coming off, potentially Aesops coming off. Um, I know there was a lot of confusion around Gang Sign specifically, uh, because it doesn't necessarily combo with any one thing, but again, like I've said in the past, it's, it's one of those things where it's more about curtailing the potency of decks instead of just saying, you can't do this specific combination of things. Um, So, overall, I'm pretty happy with the list. I think it definitely has room for improvement, but Mm. that's what Worlds is for, Mm. as far as I'm concerned. I'm gonna see what is too powerful and what's not powerful enough,
0: and we can tweak things accordingly. Awesome, that's a great answer. Wilfie, did you have a question on that? Yeah,
1: so the fact that this this Worlds ended up being the first tournament that was in the core, uh, Core 2 Rotation format, basically, that this was the first time not only that the removed and restricted list will be in play for a major tournament, but also after Rotation and after the Core 2.0 announcement. Did the fact that all those three things happened together sort of influence how the list came to be? Because, of course, this is i think as we said in the podcast in the past this is probably the biggest change that's ever happened to netrunner these three things happening in concert
2: oh yeah completely when we decided that we were going to use the revised corset list for worlds um we also decided that it would just make sense to drop this right around the same time instead of saying hey here's a change and then a few weeks later here's a change and then a few weeks later "Here's a change it was best to just drop everything on top of each other because there was a period of time. It was there was a bit of a lull in uh, netrunner news, and I know a lot of people were sort of antsy and, and anticipating what to come next. So we thought it would be an exciting time if we just threw it all out at once. And it also ultimately made things easier on me, but also FFG as a whole. Um, instead of having to kind of watch how things shift gradually, you could just have everything change all at once. Um, and uh, yeah, it's we, we definitely tried to do everything in conjunction because we felt like that was the
1: best way to go about it. Exactly, and that's left this world in a very interesting place for the future state of the game.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's definitely created an interesting dynamic, for sure.
0: Yeah, and I think from a player perspective, I can certainly say that I've really enjoyed the the removed and restricted list. Um, the restricted list in particular, I know you mentioned things like Magnum Opus and Asos Pawn Shop, and they're probably towards the lower end of the power level in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but. It's been a really great experience to be able to when you sit down as the corp in particular because most of these restricted cards, um, the important ones are runner cards. Sure. Um, is it's been great to be able to sit down and sort of. Know that once one of them comes out, the others aren't in the deck. Oh, I love that! And the sort of, do I hold my restricted card as the runner and try and withhold that information from the corp? It's Mm -hmm. just added a new dimension to the game, which I really like.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I got hit with an e strike the other day, and as soon as I did, I was like, okay, I don't have to worry about this and this and this. And it's just, it's nice to be able to go through that process of elimination. And I think it um, it can create these really interesting gameplay dynamics that have never really existed before within the game.
0: Hmm. That's cool, and then I think on the the corp side of the removed and restricted list, um, we had uh, a few other sort of interesting cards that have been controversial over the the course of the game. There were things like Sensi Actors Union and um, Friends in High Places, <laughs> <High> Places Mumbai <laughs> yeah. City Hall, all on the removed side. How did you Do you sort of feel similarly about the runner cards that you spoke about there, like happy that they're in that place? Oh yeah, completely. The cards
2: that are on the removed list on the uh, Corp side, they absolutely needed to be on there. Um, I, they were all extremely above the curve and I know that I have not personally heard any negativity <laughs> around Friends and I places being on, no. I'm not having to worry about um, Sense anymore. Um, I feel like, to a certain extent, those cards were a little less... In my opinion, they were a little less problematic than the remove cards on the runner side. Yeah. Just because the runner has that inevitability within gameplay. The corp is eventually going to lose if they don't score out. uh, They're going to run out of cards in their deck. So the runner can sit there and sort of wait. But at the same time, they can really push the game in the direction that they need it to go. So um, I think if those cards had just been... Restricted, they might have people still would have just chosen those four cards, um, but uh, but I, I think they would have been less problematic overall, except for friends in high places. I'm glad that one is totally yeah. out of the game, but everything else I think definitely could. Uh, it, it, it's for the best that you don't have to worry about them anymore. Yeah, and clone
0: suffrage game. movement is the other one we oh, named yeah. before, but yeah. yeah, that's the fourth. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in terms of the restricted cards, you had things like uh, you know bioethics, Obacata. Mm-hmm. Um, on us, we got there on the corp Museum, side. Museum of History. Yeah, Museum of, of History, Mumbai Temple. Temple. Yeah. Um, a lot of cards that uh, famously spawned the the saying "Negative Player Experience," which yes. has been abbreviated to NPE and used forever since. Um, how have you felt about those ones being on the restricted list, and how they've been used uh, since they've been on there?
2: Yeah, it's been exciting to see those because a lot of those cards, like I think I think almost all of those cards, they're they're fun to play with, and even if they create some NPE. Um, yeah. I don't think they are the most detrimental cards in the world, mm. um, but at the same time, like not if you see an Obakata, for instance, not also having to worry about if they have GFI in the deck is amazing, um, and I think it creates some really interesting situations when you're building your deck to say, okay, do I want to ping them and try to lock them out with Bioethics, or do I want to make sure that they have to pay a ton to get this agenda from me with Obakata? So. Um, yeah, I think it's created some really interesting deck building situations, and I, I think uh, I think overall I'm I'm happier with the corp restricted list than I am the runner one. Yeah. I feel like I'm I'm a little more sure of that one. The runner one could change, the corp one I don't really see changing anytime soon. There might be a card or two added, but. I think the corp one's in a pretty good place.
0: Yeah, GFI, I think, is a particular masterstroke having that on there um, because it sort of makes you choose between having this extra resilient agenda suite mm-hmm. where the runner essentially has to steal an extra agenda, which is huge. Oh, yeah. Or you can have a slightly more powerful card Yeah. from the rest of the list. I think that's a great tension to have in corp deck building. Yeah,
1: and definitely in, on the whole, of the. the nature of the restricted list has really influenced at least from our perspective, I'm sure most other people who have been testing quite a bit for worlds feel similarly, that's really influenced what decks have turned out to be playable or not, like, mm-hmm. to a huge degree. Oh Probably. yeah, completely.
0: Yeah, so I guess um, looking forward, and before we get to the all-important predictions about Worlds, <laughs> uh, looking forward a, a little bit about the restricted list, um, you... Actually, let's do the predictions first, and then we can, we can segue nicely into that. So, okay. on the uh, starting with players before we get to cards, is there anyone that's standing out to you at the moment as uh, a likely, uh, at least top four, if not champion this year? Oh,
2: man, I don't want to pick favourites. But we'll
0: give you we'll give you four so you can choose your top four. My top four. Well
2: yeah. you
1: don't have to choose four if you want. Like, yeah, it's up to you. I,
2: I'm I'm only gonna pick one. Okay. And I think it will surprise everyone. Uh huh. Pretty sure Damon Stone is gonna sweep. <laughs> no one knows he's coming. I'm spoiling it. I think he's gonna come in and just take over everything.
0: Is he actually coming?
2: I don't actually
1: know. No. <laughs> Wouldn't it be amazing if you yeah, that, cool. that would be cool yeah. Damon, please come. Please listen to this and then come. <laughs> Maybe he could uh, join under a wearing a mask yeah you know, that's or true. a mustache or something yeah. Yeah. it's hard
2: to say with players there's so many good players that i i i would feel bad choosing anyone specific. Well, that's fine how about how about we give you a country,
0: a country? <laughs> which, which country do you think the champion's USA. gonna come from usa usa i
2: gotta I got pick you're you a patriot and through, through. usa yeah. or canada okay. canada's a nice place i was there on vacation i had a 16 hour layover I liked it. I approve. I approve of Canada. Okay. So. Well,
0: unfortunately, we don't have a chance to win. Sorry. Anymore, sorry. But, yeah, I want you guys right. to win. but... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's got to be got to be got to be patriotic. Um, so on the on the card side of things, which is probably a little bit <laughs> a little bit easier and a little bit more up your alley, um, which decks do you expect to do well uh, on the corp side, and and on the corp side, which do you expect to be the ultimate champion?
2: Um, I would say on the corp side, you're definitely going to see a lot of CI. I think that's a given. Um, I've also, I've seen a lot of uh, Polana here recently. Um, I've seen a little bit of, um, I mean Scorpios is usually around. I don't know how well that'll actually do though. Um, for NBN, NBN, I've seen less. I've heard a few people have some Ctm builds. I've I've heard of a few other builds here here and there. I know uh, one of my testers was telling me recently that they have like a really awesome Neh build. Um, I feel like NBN's a little more open, but I might just not have experienced playing against any sort of dominant build yet. I'd say probably the two to beat. My prediction would be either CI or Palana. Those those those. those um, Those seem to be the ones that I've heard of most.
0: Cool. And uh, on the runner side, uh, what are your top decks, and what do you think is the ultimate champion? Um, I so a lot of the
2: cards on the restricted uh, list for the runner. most of those were put in place so that Haley wouldn't be extremely dominant. But I still think she's strong. Mm-hmm. I think Smoke is pretty strong. Um, I know that uh, Criminal's lacking a little bit because they lost to Mujin. So it's a little harder to predict with them. Leela might do well because she's stupid. Um, her ability is so powerful. But I, I don't know. She's uh, I, I feel like she'd be pretty surprising if she came out. I, I, my, my prediction would be probably Smoke or... Uh, or uh, yeah. Haley. Okay. It would probably be the two.
0: No showing for Anarch, you don't think?
2: I, I don't know. It's it's harder to say. I know um, uh, Alice Merchant. I've seen her around quite a bit, and she has a lot of pressure, but honestly, if you can shut down archives, which is not that hard to do, it, it's it's one of those things where... I, she, she's really the only Anarch that stands out to me, I think. Okay. Um, I wouldn't be extremely surprised if she took one of the top spots, or even one, but... Uh, I think it's probably going to go to Schaefer this year overall.
0: Interesting. Well, very good. Uh, So now that we've done the predictions, um, assuming that your predictions come true, um, is there anything that, or any cards, that you might consider uh, warranting some restricted list attention?
2: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I could could definitely see uh, the turtle, Amakua, Mm -hmm. or Amakua, I've heard both pronunciations. I'm honestly not sure of the proper one. Um, I, I definitely think that's a good candidate to become restricted at the very least. Um, that one was left unrestricted because I wasn't so sure how the meta would respond to it. And I also wanted to give Criminal a tool that, you know, let them have some sort of power play card. But it's so easy to import. I've seen it in every faction pretty much. Um, as far as Corpus is concerned... Really, I haven't decided which one, probably one of the clearances, like I would imagine uh, will go on there. I'd have to test to find out which one is a little more problematic. I've also had a few people tell me that they'd love to see CI on the restricted list, which is interesting, and I'm totally open to potentially doing that. Um, but I think uh, at the end of the day, we'll just have to see how everything pans out in Worlds and what's the most dominant.
0: No, it's really interesting. I think one of the cards that we've um, been thinking about is MCA Austerity Policy yes, um, in the context of the fact that it gives you the ability to fast advance a 5 for 3, which in the past is something you've had to work really hard to be able to do, mm-hmm. and now you've just got this one card that lets you do it and also drains the runner some clicks along the way. Yeah, it's a strong um,
2: card for sure. Yeah,
0: so potentially another one but that's really interesting and uh, how about on the runner side anything in that sort of Haley build or do you think that there's plenty that's already on there and I think I'd have to see yeah for Haley specifically I think um, a lot of her tools have been
2: kind of taken away from her Mm. and even though I I, I think she's still got some potency I would feel bad hitting her more Mm. but at the same time I'd have to just sort of see how everything works out.
0: yeah cool cool um, well, moving on from uh, all things worlds uh, to looking to the future, we've just had the Katara cycle announcement, yes, which is really exciting, exciting. Yeah. Um, so, from the the cards that have already been spoiled, uh, which is I think a few from the first pack, um, as well as the general setting of Katara, what, what can you tell us about it?
2: Uh, Katara is set in sub-Saharan Africa, sub-Saharan Africa around Lake Victoria. Um, it's uh, kind of just follows the, the second beanstalk that's being built there, um, and sort of all of the, uh, the economic and political strife that's been created in the area. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's a really exciting cycle thematically and mechanically. We were able to do some really cool, familiar things, so um, I, think it's, I think players are going to respond really well. All the criticism I've heard so far has been good, so I'm hoping okay. that it stays like that.
0: And um, in terms of the philosophy that you brought to the Katara cycle, um, as I understand it, you became involved in it partway through after Damon left, is that right? Yeah, Uh, Yeah. he
2: had set up the, I want to say the first version uh, during playtesting, he left and was gone for a few weeks before I started. Matt Newman, the uh, the guy that uh, makes Arkham Horror, he took over for a little bit, uh, kind of showed me the rope when I came in. Matt put his spin on it a little bit, and then I just kind of guided it into place the last few months of development.
0: Mm-hmm. And when you were doing that, that last piece of development, and even um, from what you know of how Damon and Matt were, were looking at the cycle, was there anything about it or any philosophy that you brought to it in terms of a way that you wanted to change the game of Netrunner or, you know, go back to its roots or try something different or anything mechanically in particular that stands out to you?
2: Oh, yeah, sure. There were uh, there were quite a few things. Once I came in and I realized how the revised core set was going to affect everything as a whole and I sort of saw other things that we have in the future and just the things that we're working on currently, um, I uh, it was... I felt like at that time the best direction to go would be to kind of re-explore things because we, we lost so many things in, mm. the, uh, in the in in rotation. Um, I thought the best direction to go would be to re-explore kind of familiar mechanics but in new and interesting ways. So in Katara specifically, there are no what I would classify as as new mechanics. There's not anything like doubles or here are terminals or anything, or like, that. Or anything exactly. like that. Exactly, yeah. it's uh, it's it's very straightforward in a lot of ways. This is Netrunner, this is what Netrunner is supposed to be, and that's kind of what I tried to keep in mind. Like, mm. What is this faction? If I had to boil it down to its core elements, what would I do? Um, and uh, I just sort of used existing mechanics. We wanted Guitar to be a little bit simpler, just so that if new players decide to pick up the revised core, they have a very easy path um, that they can follow. But also, I feel like Netrunner has been around for so long, and it has such a massive number of things that you can do with it. And there's so much design space to explore, and I've always kind of felt like as a player, not all of that was as fleshed out as it as it could be. So I just try to take some of those things and, and run with them. Mm. Um, you know, for instance, with Whalen, I, I, I tried to explore um, ways that we could do meat damage things without it just being, you kill the runner, you're in the game. Mm. Uh, with uh, Criminal, I, I wanted to explore a few things with exposing and stuff and how we could maybe kind of explore those elements a little bit more. With uh, mm-hmm. Anarch, it's, they're a little more virus heavy now because noise is gone, so it's not, oh, you have 50 viruses in the game, you can just play solitaire and install and, and wipe out R&D. So, um, there Definitely, I wanted to keep it simple, and I wanted to keep it direct, but
0: make everything feel fresh and new. That was kind of my main goal. Mm. And um, in terms of the Corp side there, you mentioned Wayland. Um, Was there any other design philosophy that you brought to the other factions? I know that um, HB and NBN have been sort of dominant... For a long sure, time in the yeah. metagame, and you know, Jinteki's had its time in the sun. It's it's one worlds and all sorts of things like that. But um, in particular, I think the net damage side of Jinteki hasn't necessarily played a big role in the competitive scene, mm-hmm. or as big a role as it could. And it's a really hard one to find the right line on because oh, yeah. as soon as you cross the line, it's overpowered and mm-hmm. makes for a really horrible uh, game. Um, is there any way that you approach that side of the Jinteki design? For Katara, not specifically net yeah.
2: damage, uh, but it's something that I have had in mind for a long time as a player because uh, Jinteki is, by and large, my favorite faction. I love all of them, but I just love the I love that Thousand Cuts PE style. Always have. Uh, but you're totally right. It's one of those things where if you push net damage too hard, it becomes, oh, well, turn three, you're ending the game because you're killing the runner every time and nobody likes that. It's not fun. Net damage should sort of be seen as a way to slow the runner down without totally just ending it outright except for a specific situations. So it's it's really hard to find that balance. Uh, With Jinteki, Damon had them going in another direction, Mm. and so I explored that aspect of them a little more, but the whole net damage play, trap, ambush type stuff is definitely something
0: I have in mind, and
2: something that I'd like to be more of in the future.
0: And when you say Damon had them going in another direction, do you mean in the previous two cycles, or in Katara? Uh, I think, really, all of those.
2: The previous two cycles, but especially in Katara. Katara, you've got some net damage stuff, but it's uh, definitely playing with a few of Jinteki's other tools in Katara.
0: Oh, awesome.
1: So from what you've said in this segment, Michael, I noticed that Katara, yeah, very reasonably, was intended to be a bit simpler in order to be a stepping stone from the revised corset in the new player experience. Does that sort of make it the first attempt that FFG can has made post rotation to do a sort of genesis thing in? The same way that the core set has recovered some cards from Genesis, now you can not reprint cards from Genesis, but sort of tweak effects from Genesis and uh, spin, of course. The cards that have rotated, tweak those cards in a new way, given that Katara, from what you've said, has been the first cycle that's been designed post-rotation.
2: Oh yeah, completely. Completely. I mean, that was, uh, that was one of the first things that I was told was almost expected when i first uh when i first came in and, and and saw how everything was shaking out uh i had long conversations with matt newman um about like specific mechanics that damon wanted to see and things that he thought that, that matt thought were good for the game as well um, and we kind of decided you know what we wanted to reintroduce uh what we wanted to kind of shy away from for now so um yeah Katara was uh, very exciting, and honestly, everything after Guitar has been very exciting because there's so. I personally feel like there's more design space to explore than there ever has been before because I have very clear precedents for what works and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and I also have a massive amount of dedicated players who are very willing to tell me, you know, what they think is good for the game, what they like uh, within the game, what they don't like, so. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I feel like with rotation with Katara, my job has just been easier than ever. Easier than Lucas had it, easier than Damon had it, because they really set the bar and I can decide if that bar is too high or too low and try to adjust accordingly. That's awesome. Uh,
0: now, I can't help but notice in that answer that you mentioned cards beyond Katara. Does this mean that? Android Netrunner is not a dead game and there will be more cycles. <laughs>
2: there, We'll have to wait and see, but yeah,
0: you can, you can definitely
2: expect more stuff
0: out there. Cool. Um, I guess the the other side of the Katara idea, and Wilfie was touching on this and I really liked your answer there in terms of revisiting some of the core things in the game, um, is there Are there any cards in particular that left as part of the revised corset process or as part of rotation um, that you had in mind as potentially requiring a replacement effect? I mean, I know you mentioned criminal earlier on when we were talking about worlds as potentially not having those power cards anymore. Mm -hmm. And Temujin was one, but Account Siphon was another. That was really sort of an iconic criminal card and a lot of people were surprised to see go. Mm -hmm. Um, Will criminal be getting... Some replacements for those sorts of things potentially, or a new identity, or um, by identity, I mean broadly, not a card. Sorry. Yeah,
2: yeah, I, I, uh, people can definitely expect to see things that, um, are familiar to them for sure. I, I won't go into too much detail, but with criminals specifically, I think that, um, any criminal player that feels like they're sort of down and out right now, which I totally understand because I'm a pretty avid cr- criminal player. Um, any person that feels like they don't have the tools they need, I think that will change after Katara comes out. Same thing with NBN. I know a lot of people have told me that NBN is struggling right now. They wish they had um, tools like Sansan San City Grid. I think they'll be happy when Katara rolls out and they see some of the new tools that they get.
0: Cool. And looking forward to uh, beyond the, the world's 2017 metagame and, and into future as these new cards roll around, what sort of approach will you be taking to revising the the competitive metagame, by which I obviously am referring there to the removed and restricted list? Will you be looking... At, you mentioned last time we spoke to you, which was now quite a while ago after you'd just taken over, that yeah. um, you were looking at maybe every three months or so re- reviewing the Mwl is that sort of what you'll be looking at for the removed and restricted list or would it just be sort of after major tournaments or
2: oh yeah completely uh, and with the previous uh, Mwl the the tiered leveled version mm. uh, I wholeheartedly expected and attempted to update it that often but sometimes uh, things get in the way hmm. this list is the same like i'd like to after worlds i'm going to go back and look at it um probably mock up a new version and kind of see where we can go from there uh while my goal is three to four months if it takes longer than that it's, it's just one of those production processes sometimes things take a little longer but my goal is definitely Every three months if possible because I feel like that's a healthy amount of time to sort of let things shake out See how the meta is going and if things aren't going the right way, you can kind of correct them
0: accordingly Yeah, that's great. And I think um, I mean, I don't know how long the process took you of creating this first list But however long it took I think it's yielded some great results. So well, that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you
2: Yeah, I've, I've heard um, I've heard great great criticism on it. So it's uh, it's been it's been really good to see the, the just the resounding um, I can't even think of the word. It's like all the feedback, the very the positivity around it. So I'm, I'm glad that people liked it. That's great.
0: And anything else you want to ask, Wilfie? Yeah, well, I think that probably brings us to the end of what we wanted to discuss, yeah, just specifically yeah. about Worlds and the MWL today. But thank you very much for coming on the show, Michael. Well, thank you for having me on. It was a blast. Yeah, it's always great to chat to you. Um, Wilfie, anything else you want to ask?
1: Yeah, it was great to hear your insights and I'm sure our listeners will be very happy to get such an in-depth look into the design
0: of the game. Yeah, I hope so. Cool. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can hit us up on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash thewinningagenda. Throw a few dollars our way. If you want to email us, you can email us at thewinningagenda at gmail.com You can check us out on Facebook at The Winning Agenda. You can tweet us at Winning Agenda. Uh, and is there any other way they can get in touch with us, Wilfie? Uh,
1: wasn't there one more?
0: I think I usually say Patreon at the end so that's probably what I'm searching for but anyway do be in touch do throw us some questions and yeah if there's anything else you want us to ask Michael next time we have him on the show just chuck us an email and let us know that'd be awesome thanks for listening everyone
2: thanks bye see you guys